Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 61st episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. Our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, rescheduled Smurf Luciano. He is a Portland rap pioneer. My big homie said one of the most reputable G's in the city, man. So uh, he's put out projects. He's beat murder charges. He's the most uh, respectful dude uh in the world ladies and gentlemen and i appreciate him coming on the show to talk to us about his experiences smurf luciano are you with us can you hear us i'm here i can hear you well and uh that was a great introduction i I appreciate it and uh i'm here to to speak some facts you know answer everyone asked me shoot it you know and uh i'm gonna give you a real answer right back hell yeah dude i appreciate it and uh I've, we talked about this before the the last time there's a family emergency i had to go solo but uh i told you when we were doing a practice interview questions i was like man dj vlad is sleeping on this man you know? <laughs> All right. so, yeah like uh this this content is right up his alley and if his guys haven't found it yet i'm sure they're they're gonna hopefully see this and be like god damn we fly him out this, to LA, man this, this, this will be one for vlad to see yeah man for sure so uh i guess i i started doing the research also for this interview i gotta say was awesome there was uh all kinds of content there was a documentary called the killingsworth documentary on vimeo if you guys haven't heard that or haven't seen that check it out there's five parts i got to watch that smurf and then also there is multiple albums um on the internet to listen to and sift through so um your your body of work extends way back dude so I guess the first thing I watched was the Killingsworth documentary. So I, I guess, can I ask some questions about that? It was, it was sure. more about your, your homie, Lil Smurf. Yeah. He was my uh, homie neighbor. Yeah. Um, and so that documentary was, was deep dude. And it, uh, it, it showed a lot of Portland stuff in there. Um, and, and there's a couple of interviews with you, but is, is there anything that you want to mention about the making of that or the process of it? Um, how we even, how we came into it, uh, a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with by the name of Tom Olson, he was uh, actually, um, the originator of the project. Okay. He has different, uh, news articles in the Willamette Weekly that, uh, they had put out. And so he basically kind of was like, Hey, the Willamette Weekly is a one-sided newspaper. They kind of just go off of whatever the police say, the police, you know, yeah. police yeah. thing. And so if you want to get your side of the story out there and put some facts to it, then help me out with putting it together and at least give me a couple of people who I can interview who know what the facts are. Yeah. And uh, when I got on the project, Lil Smurf's mom was already working with Tom on the project. He had already been going to see her. She was in prison at the time. Yeah. Her. Yeah, there and, was a few interviews with her. You could see, uh, you know, it, it was okay. different ones. Yeah, it looked like she was getting healthier, dude, you know, and, and gaining great. weight and stuff. Yeah, I was like, man, good for her. But, and so I gave him a few different people to interview, including my mom and uh, the rest, uh, and, and my mom and myself. And then the rest, he kind of put the, he put a good story together and a good storyline. And here we are now because with the end of it, it says Smurf Luciano rapping, got him. Um, and I'm still doing the Gotham thing. I'm still putting out music. And, yeah. Uh, when when did that come out, dude? Was that like '05 or something? We we started that thing in like '03, I want to say, and it took us about three years to get it done. And it actually came out about '06, '07, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, dude. It uh really. But it has you... a lot of black, black history in there. Yeah, that's that's the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is it talks about the gentrification of Portland and, and all of this stuff. And I lived there as a kid for like three years, like second, third and half of fourth grade. Right. And I remember right. it as awesome times, you know, and then we moved back to my reservation after that. And that's where I ended up graduating from high school. But uh, I always wanted to go back there, especially when I started doing music. And it's like once I got there in 2010, it seemed like the same thing was happening, dude. Right. You, you know, like there was there was nice, cheap places to stay where artists could move to the city and find a job and also work on their art, regardless if it was music. Some of it was visual or culinary or people doing makeup and hair or whatever. And it's yeah. it's just really tough to 
chase that dream nowadays because of the gentrification of Portland. And it happened multiple times, dude. Like they talked about it in there. Like, you you know, every time, like the red line district, uh, moving people from the shipyard, the Vanport flood. Yeah, dude. Like that was the same play. They ran in new Orleans on Katrina, bro. They ran the same play. So they ran the, they played, they ran it on a smaller market first, which was Oregon. Yep. Like on them, the levee flooded them out. And then, Years and years later, they did it to Katrina. You know, I mean, these are man-made dikes. These are people that you're putting in these areas. You know that one day these dikes could break. Yeah, or or somebody could, or could cause them to break. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could just lift the levee and flood them out. Yeah. So. Yeah, like that's that's the the eject escape plan. You know. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. And then we up and then you know we come back over and get these different pieces of the land and we uh disassemble the communities. And they start all over again. Okay, dude. And and there was one question I wanted to ask you. Um, I, I mentioned it when I was going solo the last time, but uh there was a cop in there, dude, and he looked like a native dude. Okay. And and it uh I've you know, fuck fuck five, fuck five oh, but but he looked like a he looked like a native dude, you know what I mean? And right. he had one quote he had okay, he he had one quote. He he said you know, they were like, what do you feel about all this gang violence? And he goes, I think that we're we're telling our kids to get educated, to get these jobs. And these kids are not, these jobs aren't out there. We need to, we need to provide these jobs because otherwise these kids are going to figure out other stuff, stuff to do to, to get paid what they should be because they're smart and they're talented and we're not allowing them a way to, to succeed in, in the system that we, we've built. And I was like, holy shit, it was coming from a cop, but he looked like Man. a native dude. So can I ask you about him? Like, did you ever get arrested by him? <laughs> or like, is he a cool cat? Is he an asshole? Because in the documentary, I was like, fuck, he seems all right. He was, um, you know, at the time when, when I was dealing with, dealing with him, I was way younger, of course. I was in my teens. Okay. And uh, he was an asshole cop. But he was not an asshole cop that would slam you down and do those kind. He wasn't a dirty cop. He was just a aggressive. Okay. Like I remember one incident, we was all uh, sitting on Kirby. Uh, that's the neighborhood that I grew up in, Kirby Avenue. Yeah, I heard, I heard Mikey and, and Mo rep that yeah. in their songs too. Yeah, man. So we was I, I I understand. I'm interviewing the big homie, man. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> excited, you know. Like, and so we were sitting in the car on Kirby in the station wagon, and it was broke down. It didn't work, and he uh. And he crept around us and uh, opened the door up. And we were sitting there smoking some weed shit. And he opened the door up and jumped in the back seat with us in the car and was like, hey, you know y'all over here slipping. <laughs> and then he didn't check us for no dope, no guns, and none of that. He just said, hey, you guys are out here. Be careful. You know what you're up against. Yeah. He was kind of, that- he would pull your coattail if he could. Try to, try to at least keep you sharp with, like he said in an interview, education, jobs different things he was trying to get kids off the street versus beat them up and really take them to prison awesome dude that that was the vibe i got from him i just wanted to ask you because i'm like man you, you were there when when that guy was probably working so yeah and, and he got off the force he said he couldn't do that job that's why he left and went to go do something with the kids that's awesome man there's i have a uh my best friend in childhood my my homie leotis man we were best friends since three or four years old and he turned into a cop Oh, eventual yeah. pro- probation officer and he i don't think he is anymore you know what i mean and it's, i'm like cool you're 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 too you know it's you're part of a system that does actually oppress people and after a certain amount of time i think you notice that you know yeah i mean for one being a cop gotta be a tough job right yes man I mean, yes we, we definitely need balance but we need the right kind of balance and we need the right kind of cops on the force yeah not just this good old boy system yeah, man. You're grandfathered in, and you're just, it's just about white privilege. Yeah. Balance for everybody, because as American citizens, everybody here should be treated equally and treated fair. No doubt. Good call, Smurf. Good call. That that leads me to uh, my next set of questions, I guess. I don't have anything written down, dude. I was just like, man, I want to talk to him about these things. Um, When I, I think I've been your friend, they you've probably like had a couple of profiles, but when I added you recently, uh, it was a few months ago, you posted, uh, it was a news article link to MTV news about your court case. Um, and it, the, the, the news article was from like 2000 or something, dude. And I was like, 
holy shit like i read the whole thing and i was like whoa like what the fuck i mean and i i like i commented on the post i was like i never heard that story before you know and, and that was how i asked you to come on the podcast like dude can i ask you some questions about that i'm like, yeah, yeah yeah so i i appreciate it but dude like reading that article was amazing and i I don't want to give the people too much context and talk about your case because it's your experience, dude. So if, if you can tell us the story of that, like, like from the jump or however, cause that has to do with uh, all kinds of shit that's happening right now too, 20 years later, dude, you know oh, what I mean? Police corruption and all that man. shit. So it's, it's right here, right? It's right here right now. I mean, um, yeah. and, and it's crazy because it's always been here. It just hasn't been televised. Yeah. So now we are getting to see the behind the scenes of what people have been going through. You know, the I can't breathe and that kind of stuff. I mean, for me, being where I'm from, uh, Northeast Portland, the whitest city in America, it definitely been tough, you know, just trying to uphold your, uphold your, your community and, and, and be yourself yeah, without, without getting whitewashed. You know I mean? Because it's kind of tough when Nike's you're- Nike's right there. Columbia's yeah. right there. When you're right there, I mean- you got Nike, you got Columbia Sports, you got, and it's only 7% minorities. But for me, even doing the music, um, on that particular case that MTV talked about, it was for a drug conspiracy I was charged with at the time. And um, I got one of my co-defendants that's still in jail. His name is Byron Branch. You know, we call him Muff, Free Muff. So he's been down now 22 years. He got a life sentence off that case. Um, my other Bummer, man. Adolf Spears. Uh, he was 60 at the time and he just did 20 years and they let him out because of, uh, medical reasons, but he also had a life sentence. So, you know, shout out to him. He just got, he just got out from doing, you know, 22 years. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is that was all part of the crack law and the crack law, you know, you go sit in the penitentiary for the rest of your life and you don't haven't even committed a murder. You haven't even taken a life. Yeah, you, man. All you That's did bullshit. was take care of your family. You you were, you know, trying to survive. Not to say that crack was the best thing for people, but um, no, the me drugs, we're not, we, I mean, obviously the black man ain't bringing the drugs into America. Yeah, what did Master P say? I don't know no plane. I don't know no boat. <laughs> I don't ship no fucking dope from coast to coast. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And so what they did is they targeted different people in the black community to indict on this conspiracy charge. At yeah. the same time that they put this conspiracy charge together for the crack cocaine. They also made it in, that was in the federal court. The state put an indictment going together against the gangs in state court. Okay. Okay, so I ended up with 50 co-defendants on just my uh, conspiracy case. Damn, dude, 50 people? 50 motherfucking Whoa, people. holy shit. And then the case was conspiracy to drug traffic, 2,000 kilos of cocaine. What the fuck, dude? How the fuck are they going to prove that, man? Like, that's that's deep, you know? Like, oh, no. I don't know. It's, it's ambitious. It's, it's tough. So what So what they did with me was um, I was in Hawaii at the time. I came from Hawaii. I was already on the, I was on the run. I had a, a warrant for attempted murder on the police officer. Um, police tried to stop my car one day. I was in the car. Some of my homies, people bailed out. Shots got fired. Police officer called for backup, and everybody got away. The only person they seen was me because the car was in my the car was in my name. Damn. So I went on the run. I was on the run. Went to North Carolina. Stayed in North Carolina for a while. Um, shout out I, to the fam in, in North Carolina, man. Them kings. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I went to Hawaii from North Carolina. And uh, after I got off the plane, coming back to Portland, just stop in to see family so I can keep on moving. The uh, FBI arrested me at PDX getting off the plane. Oh, bro, that's the fucking worst, man. So they they was they was uh dressed up like uh pilots and airline stewardess and shit like that. And so I get off the plane. I got <laughs> the, the loafs on my on my neck, the flowers and shit. I'm yeah, like, the yeah. Fuck, that's crazy, dude. And, uh, and so as I walk into the airport, they tackle me down in the airport. Then I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but I, I had a warrant already. I knew they had been looking for me for about seven, eight months. I knew they had been looking for me. Yeah, and they got me, and they was taking me downtown to arrest me. They say, "Hey, uh, we've been looking for you because you've been indicted for racketeering. You are on an indictment with 
eight other people as members of the Kirby Block Crip Gang and um, several homicides, unsolved murders that have happened. And then we ended up with an indictment with 50 something charges on the indictment. Damn. And uh, it, and it was tough because basically once they give, give you racketeering. Uh, yeah, that's deep, man. Which is organized crime basically. And they yeah. said part of it, you're charged with crimes that you may not have no, had no knowledge of. Somebody uh, committed sleep or you were in jail or whatever. If you're a crew, just, just two guys in the crew did something, the whole right. crew is fucking guilty, man. Or, yeah. and, and some of the cases was they found guns that they said was our neighborhood, that people that went on high speeds with the police, threw guns out their cars, got away, and they said, hey, because it was in your neighborhood, and this is what you guys' section is, this gun charge goes on. To your you. crew. To yeah, your, on, on this indictment. This, this is you guys' part of your nexus. And Fuck. Like, this shit is crazy. You got to write a song called Nexus, too, man. <laughs> so, so now, while I was on, on, on that charge for the racketeering, I was facing 30 years. That's the Fuck, time. man. It was because there was a, a murder charge on the racketeering that was unsolved. And so the highest, the way they, get, they do racketeering is the highest uh, offense on the charge is the most time that, that everybody can get on there. You don't have to be there. You don't have to know anything about it. You just have to be a part of the, the gang. Yeah. And they got so 30 years is what we was facing on that charge. Wow, that's fucking crazy, dude. And we all bailed out on the charge, on, on the racketeering charge. Everybody was able to bail out. And um, Shout out to the homies. Shout out to the homies. And before yeah. we could uh, go to trial, uh, two of our co-defendants got killed oh. while, out, out on bail. Uh, my homeboy Marcus Jones, may he rest in peace. And, uh, and Anthony Branch, Lil Smurf, may he rest in peace. Bummer, man. Bummer. And, and so... Uh, I had gotten the incident while I was out on bail. And uh, when I got in the incident while I was out on bail, the feds ended up coming to arrest me. So I, once they arrested me, they arrested me for drug trafficking. And that's where the conspiracy case came from that MTV had wrote about. Uh, and so uh, I stayed in the county jail for two years fighting the case. And then I finally, you know, they moved, they moved feds move you around a lot. So they moved me out to like, I don't know if you know where John Day, Oregon is. Yeah, dude, we catch salmon out there, bro, right at Rufus. That's where my family actually drifts in Rufus, man. Shout out to DJ Sub. That's my big homie, man. So they moved me out to like John Day, Oregon. I stayed out there for like five months in, a, in, a, in like a 20-man jail. You know, nobody coming in there but winos and, and essays coming through that got caught on, on, the, on the highway, you yeah. know. But it was like. The worst, the worst jail that you ever be in, really. I mean, a twenty man jail way out of being. I mean, yeah, John, those those smaller counties are rough. They don't give a fuck about anything, and the, the food is not a big part of their budget. All, you know all I mean? they talked about was uh, what is it, the four H club, four <laughs> H club, and how they were doing horticulture and riding horses. And I'm like, damn. I'm <laughs> no doubt, man. No <laughs> doubt. Like that's man. The only time I slide through there is to fish or to rock with my fam who's fishing. Was, you know like, what I mean? So. But yeah. uh, and so I stayed out there, and then they moved me to Sheridan. And um, while I was at Sheridan, I was in the intake center, um, J one, J two. It's it was pretty much you go there in transition. Yeah. So or you're going to trial, or you're or they're bringing you from one system to another system. Then you're housed there. While I was there, they had Suge Knight. Suge Knight was there also. Dude, one of my one of my other homies said the same thing, dude. Like uh, and and the David Matt guy was there too. Both yeah. Both while while I was there, and um, you know, so I stayed there for about another six months. Then they sent me back, getting ready for trial. And uh, basically, when the, when the trial started, uh, everybody had pretty much taken a plea bargain deal. Yeah. On, on case. Dude, the that's that man. That's I, the no deal song, man. My bad. I don't right. want to interrupt, man. Keep 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 telling the story. My bad. Hey, right, so so, and it, to interlude with that, so we made the song no deal. They indicted it. They indicted me on the racketeering. Like I said, we got, I got out on bail. Uh, we immediately went to the studio. Um, me, infamous one mo who just got out from doing a robbery murder. He just did 20 years. He was part of Got Him With Me. Um, he out. He's back working. And then DT, the mouthpiece. Uh, we had all went to the studio. And rest in peace, DT, the mouthpiece. He passed away about a month ago. Bummer, man. So, but Got Him, Gangsters on the Move. That was original Gangsters on the Move. And then... Uh, we went, we did the song No Deal. And on the song No Deal, you know, I said, fuck the DA, who's now a judge now because he got a promotion after a racketeering charge. Uh, he got all all convictions when it was all done with, you know. And yeah. then 
So he got promoted. His, his job was handled. He promoted. That, yeah, that's like all they want, too, is those numbers on their resume so they can move up. Yeah, gentrification was able to happen because, see, this was all part of gentrification. This was all yeah. part of their plan to get the neighborhood was yep. we get to, we get the warriors, which are the young. Yeah, that's goddamn right, Smurf. Goddamn right. To fight, and they don't have the legs to stand on to to have any to have any structure. So they take us out of there. People thought they was better in the community when they got all when they got the so called gang members and gang leaders out of there. But it weakened our community for people to stand up. So by the time my people had got out of jail from these charges, grandmothers had sold their houses, lost their houses got reverse finance, uh, uh, reverse mortgages, and was going to lose them anyway. And everybody had moved out to the numbers. No I think the that anybody yeah. got in charge was eight years. But in eight years, uh, Portland changed a whole lot in eight years. Yeah, hell yeah, dude, dude. Just the eight years I was there, it was like, fuck. Like, I was in Gresham at RPMs first. He was deep in the numbers, but it was nice, you know, big houses out there in little pockets. And then I, I stayed in Northeast with my bro Jackson for like a year and a half. Like, and it was right there on Minnesota. Like our front porch was on the other oh, side okay. of the freeway, the, right, the right. freeway concrete wall. It was right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, my, grand, my grandmother lived over there. Dude, and that house, fucking slumlord landlord. I, my room was <laughs> tiny as shit. When, when the furnace went out in December and she didn't fix it, like it was January, the end of January, she still hadn't fixed it. And I moved out. I was like, right. fuck this. You know what I mean? Me and my girlfriend at the time found a new place to stay in the yeah. numbers, you know, cause that was where it was affordable. And that's yeah, where we stayed until I left, you know? And, and then uh, on the conspiracy, the guy, the main guy, that informant rat that told on me, his name was Darren McCoy. They okay. Yeah. Th that was in hey. the article too, the MTV article. Yeah. His name was Bebe. And he was actually the killer of Little Smurf. And so him being the killer of Little Smurf, he knew that um, I definitely had a problem with him and I was yeah. definitely trying to get some revenge on him. And what he told what he told his celly and his celly ended up coming to testify in the trial was that he would do anything to get me off the streets, even if he had to lie to the feds about whatever so I can get time off this conspiracy case. Damn, man. He was trying to kill me because he thought I was trying to kill him. Did, did they did they allow that in court, man? They they allowed they allowed it in the court, and Hell I was yeah. like two years, and um he and the guy ended up with thirteen years. He got caught with all the drugs. He got caught with like ten kilos of cocaine. Committed this murder of, on this twenty year old guy, and then ended up with thirteen years because he told on his mom, he told on his nephews, he told on his fem the females he was messing with, and this is how we ended up with fifty people on the case because he was from Fresno, California, uh -huh. and he told. The Mexicans down there who he's getting the dope from, you know, and he ended up with 13 years. He's out now somewhere. There's a rat is running around free after he yeah. takes it and, and, and made all these other people go to jail and, you know, hurt a lot of families. Yeah, dude, that's, that's in the end. That's how I look at it too, is, uh, take your charge, man. man come on. No, man. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't man, send good, other people to jail, who, especially people who didn't do you wrong, man. Right. When it's good, you it's know? good. You know, hey, when it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's bad. You got to man up and accept the, your responsibility. But that's what anything. As yes. Man, you, really have to, you have to accept your responsibilities at the end of the day. Yeah, there's consequences to your actions, man. If if you're not going to accept those, then don't do those things, you know? Right. So I was in jail for uh, two years in the county jail, you know. And then I was in trial for two months fighting the case in trial. And uh, in this whole trial, my name came up five times in the whole trial. And in a two-month trial, my name came up five times. Damn. There, so there was really no evidence there. Yeah. But on conspiracy, they don't need very much evidence. All they need is three people to say, you had knowledge. Yeah. Nobody else was doing. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, on, on the last day of court, uh, it was me and Mr. Spears. And uh, we that came That was your back. attorney? That was your attorney? That was my code, one of my co-defendants. My attorney's name was Lynn Morgan. And, uh, oh, okay. The, she did an exceptional job. She did, a, you know, a very great job. And she's a good attorney. If you ever get it, if anybody ever needs a good attorney, and you're in the Portland area, I believe she's still practicing law. She's a great attorney, and uh, and she really worked hard to, to for me to get my freedom and to get my life back. But um, Shout out so we, yeah, we we was uh we was in the courtroom, and uh, they the jury came back, and the first time the jury came back, they found 
Mr. Field, Mr. Spears guilty on all charges. And uh and I was next. And then they came to me and they said, hung jury. Oh. And so we went to back to the to the holding cell. And you know, the the older guy, he was he was devastated. He had just got handed a life sentence. He wasn't gonna get to be with his wife no more, his kids, grandkids. Yeah. And, and the guy hadn't he hadn't got caught with a with any cocaine. He hadn't got caught with anything. He just just other people saying that he sold drugs. Conspiracy, sold yeah, drugs. dude. That's fucking whack, dude. That shouldn't be enough evidence to put you in fucking jail, man. Like, like that's. And so we went back there and he talked. And at the time, I was 25 years old at the time. And he was like, man, you know, at least I'm in my 60s and I done lived a good life. But he like, man, you're a young man. You're only 25 years old. I, I hope they don't find you guilty because when you go to federal prison, when you do time in federal prison, when they say life, life means you come out of there with a tag on your tongue. Yeah, yeah, eighty-five percent of your time, bro. You know, state state life is like twenty-five years. And Most get, of that Fed shit doesn't run concurrent either, dude. You know, it's stacked up. They stack it, and yeah. so I went back. Then they called me back about. They didn't call me back that day. About maybe I'm gonna say the next day they called me back. So it was a hung jury. They were the jury couldn't go home. They had to stay the night. Yeah. And next day they came back and uh, found me not not guilty. Holy like, shit, dude. Fuck. What was that fucking night like, Smurf? Can you tell us about that? Like, bro, that, that has to be like, you know, sleep, bro. Like, what the fuck? It was one of the best feelings in the world, man, to, to, to get your life back. And that's why sometimes I, I, I refer to myself, not necessarily in a Jesus form, because I'm not Jesus. I'm not trying to be Jesus. But there was a resurrection. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, the gates opened up. The Red Sea parted, the gates opened up, the tombstone was rolled back, and God I was able to out and do this. But now yeah. the whole thing was, we made the song No Deal. Like I said, I said, fuck the state of Oregon, fuck the DA, uh, fuck the police. Yeah. Because they had targeted me to take me away from what I was doing. They, they, they didn't catch me doing anything wrong. They had ideas that I was a part of, you know, criminal organization or gang, and they had ideas that I was involved. But because they didn't catch me red-handed, they came with this conspiracy, and they came with this racketeering with no evidence. Yeah, man. You got to have so, proof. Burden proof is on the state, goddammit. Exactly. So when the feds indicted me, and they only indicted me because the DA who I talked about in the song called his friend, who was a federal uh, district attorney, and said, hey, look, I already got this guy on this, on this racketeering charge in state court. He got out of jail, he bailed out, and then he went to the studio and made a song about me. You know, he oh, rubbed it. Hater. So Fuck that guy. So this you know guy, what I mean? He could have just took his L, bro. He's got to fucking cry <laughs> around about it to his homie and shit. Right. He didn't want to take his L. Now, yeah. how this poster is on the wall behind me. This is the rap <laughs> poster behind me, right? Yeah. So the DA in his office, he had the Gotham poster on his wall in his office the whole time <laughs> that we fighting the case that's awesome dude oh, like, yeah. that's promo you probably like there's at least 10 people who saw that shit every day for a fucking couple years you know what i mean yeah but it, it became a personal thing between me and the da you know okay i'm going to get smurf luciano and i'm going to take him down yeah you're doing a job your job Especially, is yeah if they put a poster up for sure dude yeah let, like, me, let me do on, wrong man. or commit a crime first and yeah then, this is how the law works. You just don't go out and target people because you feel like they're doing good or they got away with some things. And so, yeah. goddamn right, Smurf. Goddamn right, man. Right, and that's how the feds ended up indicting me on the charge was because two DAs got together, had a conversation, and said, "Look, you're my buddy. Let's get this guy. Let's 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 get his ass off the streets and to where he never sees life on the streets again." And so they indicted me. But by the grace of God, I went in there and I let the people make their choice. Yeah. And I trial. Take that shit to trial, Iowa, bitch. Take that shit to trial. Yeah. You know, no deal. This is too real. Yeah, dude. Like that's uh dude, I, I just gotta respect it so much. I've I I've I don't wanna sit here and say I'm a fucking big troublemaker, but I've caught a few charges in my day. I didn't understand how many until I tried to get a gaming license at a casino. <laughs> All and right. I was like they were like, Can you talk about it? and I was like Oh, I don't even remember. I got to go to the, I got to ask the county. So I called the county. They're like, yeah, we can print it out your record for you. I'm like, cool. And it was many pages, Smurf, you know? And I was like, damn, I am a fucking bad kid, I guess. But it, it just, uh, it, it like seeing all that stuff, 
made me realize uh like damn i, I probably could have went to trial on one or two of these but i didn't dude like <laughs> I, I pled guilty every single time it was just like this is what you're facing you're an indian and you're in idaho and this trial is going to be in lewiston there's probably no indians who are going to make it on this jury so you know, uh you you're you're probably gonna go to jail or prison for longer so just plead guilty and accept these many days or months in jail and these many months or years on probation and pay your fine and get the fuck out of the system right. and it took like dude smurf honestly smurf i gotta be honest too i was in the system from when i was like 16 years old until i was like 30 right you know what i mean like right right before i moved to portland maybe i was 28 something like that but it, it's I, I got free from some felony weed charges in Idaho and moved to Portland. And that was the end of it. And I try now, to just stay compliant these days. You know what I now, mean? Now being, now being a black man in Portland, you know how hard it is to get a, a, a fair jury. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Fuck I mean, dude. Like, serious, dude. Hey, you get a jury of your peers. That That's what I'm saying. Smurf. You it's got it's balls, bro, it's for it's rolling the dice on that. I'm like, God damn, that's crazy. When I read the fucking story on your face, I was like, oh, I got to fucking ask him some questions <laughs> about that, man. Like, and, and, shit. It's like, not on the racist tip, but this, this is not a jury of my peers. It's not one person uh, with any uh, melon in their skin on this jury, you know? And then how can they relate to me from what I've been going through when they've been having their foot on my neck and I can't breathe? God damn right. And they've never been in that position, so how how can they even relate to what I'm going through? God but damn right. The people who I expected to find me not guilty, and by the grace of God, I ended up with two minorities on my jury. Oh. Those two minorities. Were they black or were they Mexican? One was black and one was Mexican. Height. <laughs> Height. Smurf. For real. Like that, that's, that's why it was a hung jury then, Smurf. Holy shit. I swear to God, those had to be the two guys who said, nah, I don't know. This sounds like bullshit. You know what I mean? Because those guys grew up in that city too, god damn it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, now you can change your neighborhood, you can change where you live at, but you can't change what you went through coming up. You yeah. know, sorry. You can't. You just can't. You, you can't, know? dude. Like when I when I see it, I gotta say something about it. Even when I was in AZ, like I was like, man, fuck you. What the fuck are you doing? That's a human. You don't talk to humans like that, man. Right. And so that's maybe that's, I could have got shot, but it's like, nah, dude, that's not okay, man. Right. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I went to trial. Like the shirt, you know, black lives do matter. They and, do. Black lives matter. I want right. to say that on the podcast <laughs> one more time. Black right. lives matter. And uh, like I say, everybody deserves justice, no matter where we at, because we all are part of this country over here. Yeah. And that was one thing too, that uh, I remember from the Killingsworth documentary, it was, it was at the end and you were like, you were like, man, when I think about America and how this shit started, man. you know, you're, he, you were like, man, I'm just I'm just like an ant on, on, a, on, on a hill. But he goes, you said, but I'm doing the work of a lion. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, uh, oh, but ill, I still ill quote, ill quote, bro. Uh, my, 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 main, my main ain't the same as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I uh yeah dude I I when when I read the story I just I was like dude I got cuz yeah no deal it's like nah I'm gonna take that to trial fuck you guys like I'm not like that takes balls dude because for real like it, it's if you're gonna fucking sit 30 anyway why not roll the fucking dice you know what I I'm, mean like shit I'm fighting, I was fighting life in federal prison fuck dude in the state so that's life plus 30 I would have to die come back and still have 30 more years to go do. Fuck. That's a lot of time. Yeah, dude. Like, holy shit. Oh, like, no. it, like the. So, why not go to trial? What did I have to lose? No doubt. Serious. You know, they offered me a deal. Um, the feds did. They offered me a deal. And their deal was if I would uh, tell them about some cold cases, they believed that they had already knew who had committed the cold cases. And if I would tell them uh, who had committed the cold cases, then they would give me 15 years in state prison, um, run my federal time and my state time together and give me 15 years in state prison. And then I go to prison as a rat and got to do 15 years with people I grew up with. Fuck that all that. That's, a, that's, nah. a, that's, a, that's a, another death sentence. Fucking A, dude. Fuck that. <laughs>
Fuck so, that. Let, yeah, dude. That's so why I rolled the dice, man. I, I rolled the dice, and worst come to worst, hey, I just I would have been walking around the track still right now today, like like my co-defendant is, twenty two years later. And uh, like I say, I, I I'm glad that you know I could get out, stay free. And that's one of the reasons why we named this album Rat Poison. Yeah, dude, I, I I dig the the depth of the concept too because uh, it seems like currently in hip hop, dude, it just has made me turn out tune out how that that culture is celebrated over. You know, it's like he's famous, like you would have done the same thing. It's like no, I would not have done the same thing, and I, that's why I'm gonna have a guy on my show who didn't do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it's uh, I gotta support what I believe in and it sucks to see stuff that I don't believe in so popular. So I got to support shit that I believe in Smurf. So I, I appreciate the respect because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, our word and our balls. Yeah, man. Yeah. God that's damn right, man. Yeah, Tony Montana wasn't playing, man. <laughs> For real. That's, that's all I got, bro. Like my, my, my word is important. My, like my name is good from Phoenix to Tacoma. You know what I mean? And exactly. I, I take, I take pride in that, you know? So it's, uh, it's important, dude. Like that's up Thank you for coming on the show, dude. Cause, uh, man, can I tell a couple of stories about when I met you before I had you on the show when I didn't <laughs> know who you were totally? Please do. Okay, cool, man. So like this one time I'm DJing at heat and it was a funeral up the street. They had the funeral home up the street, right? And then when I was driving to work, it was a bunch of tinted SUVs with rims. I'm like, all right, some, somebody passed away. It was important. And when I got to work like an hour later, all kinds of black folks showed up. And it was right. aunt, aunties and grandmas, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you guys don't go there. Should be, you know, it's we, we just went to the funeral, so now we're going to go have a drink afterwards. And it, it was cool because I was like, fuck, all right, I'm going to play some, some hip-hop. And then... I swear to God, 15 minutes later, Dale walks in and Dale is, uh, you know, the owner manager of the, and immediately he looks at it and it's like, what the fuck are you playing this rap? I'm like, look at who's in here, dude. Right. It's like, I have to switch to a happy medium. So I go to some R and B. Right. And then I see you and some of your homies mobbing. I'm like, they're about to go smoke out back. And that, that it was right by the DJ booth. I'm like, I got one rolled, man. So I, I it, it was, uh, it was only like two girls. So it's like you got to do three song sets. Otherwise, you can't do dances if you don't do three song sets. You know what I mean? So the the, the other girl has to work f for three songs, you know? Right. So that allowed me to smoke my blunt. So I'm like, cool, man. Let's let out here. And so we're, we're out back smoking. And you, you guys had your blunt. I have mine. I jump in the circle. We're passing it around. And uh, one of your homies was like, yo, we're, what's up with that weed? I'm like, this is some Obama. I'm like, my cousin out in Hermiston grew this shit, man. I'm like, he does pretty good outside, you know? Right. And, uh, and, and the, the guy who asked me the question, he's like, man, I, I tried growing a couple times. And he's like, man, I, I fucked that shit. He's like, I gave up, man. I quit that. You know, like, fuck, I couldn't, I couldn't get it correct. And, but you, dude, you were standing like to my right. And immediately, like, you, you were just like, man something's always gonna fuck up you gotta keep pushing dude you gotta figure it out he's like i had bad issues but i kept pushing dude and i, I figured it out he goes if if you're not gonna give it three spins then what the fuck are you doing it for hey, you know what i mean and it was just like i'm just some guy djing at the strip club on the day shift on a fucking <laughs> thursday dude and i'm just like that was good big homie advice you know what i mean so well, if the car run out of gas and you ain't gonna help push don't get in it no hell no goddamn fucking goddamn right man you know? yeah i'm gonna come and keep your hand man keep keep pushing don't give up yeah and and then uh another story too it was when i had my farm in uh sherwood in 2016 and my big homie jsk he's warm springs but he grew up in portland too uh he, he came and helped me for like a week and his his son had a football game out in Corbett, right? His son was playing football for Warm Springs, and they had a game in Corbett. So he's like, man, I was like, nah, let's go, bro. Like, you know what I mean? So while we were heading out there, we stopped at, uh, it was on 122nd. It was some cats from Denver. where They were called, like, Sweet Leaf or something like that. Oh, Sweet Leaf, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we stopped in there to get some weed on the way so we could smoke, right? And while we were waiting in line, like you came out, right? Because they only allow so many people through the door and you came out and you're like, Jamie, what's up? And then I started <laughs> talking to him, you know what I mean? And I, you guys talked for like five minutes and then it was our turn to go in. So we went in and I was like, you know that guy? 
And he was like, yeah, I was like, I see him at the club sometimes, you know what I mean? And he's like, dude, that's one of the most reputable G's in the city. Like, Jamie, like, that's Jamie, like, family to me. Yeah, man. And it was like, it was like, cool. Like, so the next time I saw you after that, I think it was at uh, Sin Rock. I was DJing there and it was like street, like play some fucking rock and roll. I had to sneak the rap in there, right? And so I was right. playing some, I was playing some Godsmack or something. And I went outside to go smoke with one of the girls. And you were out there. He was like, man, you're the DJ? I was like, yeah. He's like, play some fucking Sam Cooke or something, man. I'm fucking tired <laughs> of this fucking Godsmack. And I'm just like, all right. You know what I mean? Because I knew who you were. I was like, all right. I politely went inside and queued up some Sam Cooke for the big homie. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, I don't never try to, I don't try to pull my bully card out. Some, you know, but sometimes it pops out on its own. No, nah, dude. Like, it's, you, you, uh, you like what you like, man. And yeah. You know, it's like shit. I, I do the same thing to the DJ. And but I also try if he's playing something I like, I'm like, dude, here's a tip. Thank you know one thing one thing talking about? Strip clubs. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Portland, how can you not go to the strip club? Goddamn right. <laughs> like, dude, if you go to any regular club downtown, it's fucking top forty or themed for country or something you don't really want to listen to. But if you go to a strip club, fuck bro. You hear and, some cool music in there and see some titties. Like what the fuck? And, and we're talking about the green states. How yeah. many of weed if you're in Oregon or Washington? Yeah. I mean, and see some titties. Yeah. And some rap music. I mean, hey. And dude, and that's that's, that's the two cool things. Yeah, I love those two things about those spots I worked at was they had a smoking area where as long as the owner was in the building, they didn't care. You know what <laughs> I mean? Right. And really he wasn't tripping too much. He would just I feel like guys were just looking to fire me and it's like, fine, whatever. I'm I'm a good DJ, but if you're mad because I'm smoking, I don't give a fuck, dude. This but job doesn't pay me I, that much. You I, know? I've yet to see a DJ that didn't smoke. Hey, exactly, if dude. Smoke, they belligerently drink. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I same thing, dude. Like some of those guys uh drink heavily and it's like, man, how do you? You gotta operate software and adjust, <laughs> and adjust sound, you know, like, I mean, and and talk, you know. One like, of my favorite DJs is, is DJ Chill. Oh yeah, I love him too, man. Shout out to DJ Chill. He's one of my favorite people. Not only is he my one of my favorite DJs, but one of my favorite people, you know. Yeah, so man. Chill. Yeah, the 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 shows that we did with Cool Nuts. Um, <laughs> sometimes I feel like Cool Nuts was super big homie, didn't want to rock with us, you know, like <laughs> you get your fuck you little guys, but. But Chill was cool. He would always fucking smoke with us because that was the thing, too, is sometimes they'd be looking like, why are you guys smoking? And it was like, DJ Chill said it was cool. He's smoking with us. You know what I mean? That was our excuse every time. And it was just like, man, shout out to DJ Chill. Because, right, you know, Cool Nuts is a little bit different than other people. But this is why Cool Nuts has been as successful as he has been. Yeah. He don't smoke. He lightly drinks. Yeah. He don't, you know. He handles his business, and he's strict on doing his business. I Everybody agree. else can party and hang, but he's going to make sure that he's on time, you're on time, and if you're not yeah. on time, then you're going to have to pay the consequences. Yeah, I agree. And because we always showed up early, and we'd be smoking in the parking lot, and so when their van pulled up, he, you know, he'd be like, I'm like, bro, we was here 10 minutes before. Like, <laughs> we, got, we got time, bro. We're like, right. we're here, you know? Like, so, yeah, man. To help this uh, Portland music scene, I love him too, man. Yeah, he he does. He he really puts on for his city, you know. And 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 DJ Chill, like he he just when he would jump out the van, he'd be like, "Oh, y'all swear, let me hit that," you know. Like, yeah. I, I got I got a story about Chill. Um, Hell yeah. I was in uh Utah. I was in Utah. Um, me and Black Cuss, shout out to Black Cuss because he, he does music too. We was in Utah on up. Oak tour with Snoop and them, and we happened to be driving down the street about 3 a.m. in Utah, and DJ Chill was uh, walking down the street. He was super drunk, and I pull up on him. I'm like, Chill. He like Smurf. I'm like, Yeah. I'm like, What are you What are you doing? He's like, He was out there with Tech Nine and them. He was DJing for Tech Nine. Okay. Dad just got done doing they set, and he was going walking back to his hotel room, but he was fucked up. Yeah. But it's always good to see another Oregonian. Gornian, that's doing music and we both was doing music and happened to be in Utah at the same time. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. It, it's uh for real familiarity. It's like, especially if you see someone in trouble, it's like, Hey man. Right. You know, so, like jump on, let's, we'll, we'll give you a ride, man. 
And I've been dealing with chill since just the got him days. He's in our first video, the heavy on the grind video. Dude, that's, grind. yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that too, because the, I, I was looking for that on iTunes, but the video is dope, bro. Like you guys have jet skis on the fucking Columbia. And then you guys pull up on a beach and there's a party with the barbecue and shit cracking. Like it, it just, uh, <laughs> hey. I was just like, to me, to me, bro, that was like balling ass shit. And I'm like, they did this in like 2000? Like what the fuck, man? Like how did this not reach me where I was at? We did that in 98. Damn, dude, really? And then the feds came and got me a month later. Fuck, bro. <laughs> that video is probably why. There was no YouTube. Like, what were you guys have? DVDs or something back then? Because I'm like, this is Man. this is classic shit from, from what I... And, and the girl singing the hook, too. I'm like, Every fuck. Aisha Spinks. That's her name, Aisha Spinks. She actually got some good music out right now. Shout Word. out to Aisha. Aisha Spinks. Google that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And, hey, right then I thought, we're going to make it. But we're about to blow. Yeah. And then the feds came and kicked the door in. Fuck, Smurf. Bro. Stopped all the movement. And while I was in jail fighting the federal case, like I say, my, uh, one of the members of the group called a robbery murder. While I was fighting the case, he ended up coming to jail. And he was in there. He, Like I say, he, infamous one mo. He just got done doing 20 years. He just, he's been out three months now. So we worked as well. Word. Yeah, man. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, dude. If you guys take that song, man, that'd be dope, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. If, if he likes it, cool. If if not, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, I mean, we're working. I mean, you send it to me. I'm giving it to him, and, and we're going we gonna to work, you know? Word. Word. But, like, you know, the titles of my albums is Coming for the Goods, and then uh, Guilty to a Proven Innocent, Double Jeopardy, Voice of the Streets, Rat Poison 1, Rat Poison 2, The Standoff. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, an an extensive catalog, dude, for two real records. Um, lots lots of collaborations with um with other artists too, dude. Yeah, I did write down one thing though, Smurf. When I was listening, I I, I got an iTunes card and I, I I searched your name and it's like it, it, he's on these different albums, but there was one it had a Funk Daddy song on there. Oh, Funk Daddy, yeah. Yeah, and some of the other beats sounded like they were from him, but like do you know him too? Cause yeah, no Funk Daddy. Um, word can, can you take okay. yeah he's tight dude and he's like seattle right yeah yeah so a lot of what i try to do is i try to put northwest artists on my projects along with people who have big names so that as a whole we are moving as a unit it ain't it's bigger than just me yeah you know? it's bigger than me just me it's bigger than just portland when i'm when i'm the executive producer and putting the music together so what i consider the great northwest is from the bay area Canada. No doubt. So, you know, you'll see a lot of Seattle artists on my project. You'll see a lot of Portland artists, uh, Oregon artists, and you'll see a lot of Bay Area artists because, like I say, I can say Great Northwest from the Bay to Canada. No doubt. Yeah, man. Uh, Excellent region for cultivation. Now, if we can figure out a way to market that and claim it as ours and we get we can support that region, then we actually have a foothold that we can make money. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too, dude. I uh the the other person who posts like that, who's my friend online, is Illis Duminati, and he he's a uh, I think he's Salish Indian. He's from Montana, and he used to go by Young Jay. I know, so I he, know. I, uh, yeah, he do, he do good graphics. Yeah, dude, I, I like him a lot. I, I bought his first comic book run. I was like, I submitted the twenty five bucks, and it's it came with a whole bunch of extras too, and. If 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 my one of my kids gets into artwork and stuff, I'll I'll give that to them and say, hey man, this is another native artist who really really did his own thing, and here, here's a tangible product that he produced, so you could do the same thing. But I I uh in my younger days, I used to be like, man, he's being an asshole in his posts online, but it's like, nah, fuck with yeah. or fuck off. You know yeah. what I mean? Fuck with or fuck off. Like I don't care. Like you guys talk about this, but I got all this shit out. And there's no fucking analytics in your city, so fuck that. You know what I right. mean? And, and I, I, I dig that attitude nowadays more than ever, Smurf Luciano. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely, you know, you have to speak up for what you are putting your work into. Because everybody want to be compensated. Nobody wants to work. For nah, you know, you know like and, everybody. Uh, and, and, asshole. But really, all you're asking for is respect. Yeah. And what's 10 bucks? And what's 10 bucks? It's a fucking number five at McDonald's or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, dude, it's my art. Like, you know how much time and money I put into this project? Like, man, 
like then, you, know, you know like fuck dude so if you really love me and really support my shit go and spend the ten dollars on itunes because it's going to come back to me you know what i mean and i can put out another one right and, like, and even like with this project we had rap boys in one right and it was a uh, miselini and it's before miselini went gospel oh yeah man i feel like i met him at a, a music function one time and he he what he like he yeah he, he was yeah. on that tip kind of you know yeah well he had a, he had a tragic situation his girl had got killed over white ah uh, and the police tried to indict him on the murder for her getting killed because they said he, he was over there um prostituting and he was accepting illegal gains uh. and act so they ended up finding him guilty of the man act not the murder, but the man act, and he did four years in federal prison. Damn. We had just put out Rap Poison 1 when he, right when he went to jail. Damn. Rap Poison 2 was supposed to be in, when he came out of jail, this is the project that we was going to drop, uh, is Rap Poison 2, him coming out, you know, and getting back to the rapping, but, but, but in the middle of the set, maybe towards the end, he decided that he was going to go gospel, and he did no longer want anything to do with uh, just regular street uh, rapping. Anything he did, he wanted to make sure he was promoting the board the lord or the word of god yeah it's, but, you know it, and it's take them off all the songs remaster and fidel castro was just coming out of jail he had okay. eight years over in washington and so he was just walla walla over in walla walla airway heights all right. all right and uh and i was working with him before he went to jail and so after eight years he came home and when he came home it just it felt like a puzzle because Meezy. Said he didn't want to be a part of it of it no more. And I took him off all the songs, put Fidel on the songs. Uh-huh. Like three more new songs. And now we've been able to drop the rap poison. So this is what we just put out three weeks ago is rap poison two with Fidel Yo. Ryder J. Clyde. So Ryder J. Clyde showed up and filled in? Ryder J. Clyde showed up and filled in. And uh shout, shout out to Ryder J. Clyde, man. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's an original member of the mob figures, and the mob figures are the last group to go gold out of the Bay Area. They stole a hundred thousand CDs independently out the trunk. Damn, man! Shout out to mob figures too. Oh, like that's like that's uh, damn dude, that sucks too. Cause I well, when someone quits, you know, sometimes cause I I do the rock and roll band shit now, and it's like fuck, tough. dude. It's yeah, a tough it's, and when two guys quit, it's like. Bro, you're the drummer and the guitar. Like my bass player, like submitted like four things for this album, but fuck, I have to hire a session player to redo all this extra other shit because I'm keeping the words I wrote. You know what I mean? Right. And, and this shit is butter, and this session player <laughs> is tight, but he costs two hundred bucks an hour. So fuck and, you guys. You know what and, I mean? And see, and right when that happened to to Meezy's girl, may she rest in peace. Her name was Ivanese Harris. Okay, Ivy. She was the two real princess, you know, for two real records because she always supported. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, she passed away, and then my wife passed away a week later from Damn, asthma. Dude, yeah, dude, I saw you post about that too. And if you want to talk about it, cool. But I, I didn't want to ask about it because, dude, that the family picture looks so fucking happy, surf, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like that. Uh, it's just heartbreaking to lose something like that, dude, over something. So you know, it seems like that's not. A, a, you know, an emergency or something that could do that. And it, it right. Just... And the thing about it is, like I said, with this rat poison, all this happened in between me trying to get this this album right here done and out. So it took me seven years to complete this one project, rat no poison, doubt. because of all the different things that happened, the deaths. And then that same year, I I, I became a single father because she passed away and we had yeah. kids. Yeah. So I became a single father, which took me out of the streets more into the house to take yeah, care of dude. yeah man that i dig that dad shit smurf all day man yeah you know i mean it's, it's it's your responsibility you know yeah and so but that same year my mother passed away on christmas day damn so yeah, was, that's, you know, that's rough man it was a tough six months three years yeah and and oh, dude that, that's but, another thing i gotta say too is i respect the focus because like like you told the, the the little homie when we were smoking outside, uh, he it's like, dude, some something's always gonna come up and and be an obstacle, you know. And and you gotta keep pushing. So so I lost those three: my my homegirl Ivy, I lost my wife Ruby, and I lost my mom. And then Mizzalini went to jail. Fuck, like, dude. My Elves, whole, man. Elves. My whole cast kind of my whole bottom fell out, but I was still free. I just yeah. had to readjust and. 
it took me a time to, to kind of debrief, you know, even yeah. Life Fucking day. Good yeah. word too, bro. Debrief. <laughs> I'm out the field. Like I'm back in civilian society. Like, fuck. but you know, the best part about it was I didn't have to tell on anybody. I didn't have to hurt anybody. Yeah. And I, and, and getting the kids and becoming a single father actually made me more of a, of a caring person. No doubt. You know? And so, if I had to go through the situation and do go through these same things, I wouldn't rather. I would rather have been just how it was for me to be going through these things at home versus me going through them sitting in a federal prison doing a life sentence. Yeah, yeah I, man. Who knows what would happen if I'd have been doing life and I got the news that she died, then my wife died, then my mom died, all in six months. Yeah, bro. Because you can't. Yeah, you can't do anything to try and help anybody who's affected by that situation when you're behind the walls, dude. You know. Right. And then. For a bum beef, just because somebody else got caught with some dope and said I was a part of or knew what they was doing. Yeah, it's not enough. It don't even make sense. Yeah, fuck that. Roll the dice. Good job, Smurf. <laughs> Good job, man. This is too real. No deal. Yeah, man. Like, dude, it, it's, uh, I only get so much from the content I consume. And it's been really awesome to ask questions, uh, that, that, that I have after consuming the content, dude. Like, it's, uh, it's a really deep and and dope and 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 sad and and happy Man. and entertaining story, dude. And I, I think it needs to be told. And so I, I thank you for coming on my podcast to share these stories with us, dude. It means a lot to me. So 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 now, what I'm actually trying to do is actually shoot another documentary on myself. Yeah, the and Big then, Smurf documentary. What are you gonna call it? It's called Blue Rain. Blue Rain, tight. Blue Rain. And and then, but you know, the rain is R E I G N. Oh hell yeah! You know, so oh yeah, because dude, like, yeah, it's since two thousand Smurf twenty. I was like, fuck. When I read the article, I'm like, how the fuck? I'm like, man, right. can you come on the show? I'm like, man, I'm like that because it, it just immediately struck. I was like, I I gotta I gotta document this on on my platform at least. You know what yeah. I mean? And then the movie. I want to. I'm, I'm actually trying to shoot an independent movie about the life story because, like you said, the highs, the lows, the happy, the sad, and this is all real. This thing. So the script is easy to put out, but the, yeah, the, it doesn't take too much creativity. You got the right, fucking story here, to work with. Hard to tell it from here, even though I got it here. But now is the time to tell it, and I got a role for all you guys in the movie too. So hell yeah, dude! Please do, my no. man Smurf. Like I could play a white guy or an Asian guy. <laughs> Or, or like an Albanian guy or some, you know, like. A cop. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I could do that too. Like I, Zito, we had Zito on the show last week and he, he oh, plays a cop in a, yeah, he plays a cop in a couple of his shits. Yeah, Zito's and, cool. I'm definitely gonna make sure I got Zito in there. Yeah, man, I'm a fan of him too. He's a real actor. Yeah, dude, like he had some really cool stories about the stuff he's worked on too. So it just. Uh, Shout out to Zito. Zito, Zito's tight, man. Zito's one of my favorite artists out there too. Same, man. Same. Where he works hard and uh, he's constantly uh, reinventing and, and putting out new things. And I, I like how he's grown in his character, as you know, in the movies and in his music. No doubt, no doubt, man. So we're we're past nine p.m. right now, Smurf. I know my guys got to get shaken home. They got fans and stuff too. Um, is there anything that you want to? Um, promote or any ideas or anything you want to promote as as far as uh the future any any projects or concepts or anything that you believe in that, that you want people to start working with or rocking with let's uh, uh we can end it with go download some of the two real some of the smurf luciano yep and listen to the new rat poison it's on cd baby it's on youtube it's on all digital uh download sites and all lives matter, black, brown, white. You know, we gotta we gotta do better as a people to uh, look out for everybody. And uh let's just make a bit make this a better world. No doubt, man. Good message, Smurf Luciano. Good message. Can you also drop your social media for anybody who wants to follow you online? Yes, I'm at uh at Flav Gods and at Flav Gods four seven on IG and on uh Facebook. My name is John Rajneesh Baptist. Because if you don't know about the Rajneesh and you're from Oregon, then something's wrong. No doubt. No doubt. Was, those, are the, those are the guys that sprinkled the virus, right? They started chemical warfare. In yeah. <laughs> My girl be watching those documentaries, too, dude. Like, I'm like, yeah.
and I, I wasn't sure. I'm just like, man, maybe he has some Indian, India, Indian heritage. And I, I was just like, but that's tight, Smurf, tight. And look, to see the Indian ride 50 Rolls Royces in an all-white city, city in the whitest state in America, that was beautiful to me. Yeah, that's boss. Yeah, that's boss. Shout out to my Yeah, man, fuck, thanks, Smurf. We appreciate it, man. All right, man, I'll see y'all later on, man. Y'all have a good day. No doubt. I We appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do my outro dance. This was the 61st episode of Concerned Dads Podcast. I was your host, Katie M. Kane. My guest tonight was Smurf Luciano. Super dope interview. He is a hustler. He is a record label owner. He is a rapper. He is a writer. He is a filmmaker. He, he beat all kinds of obstacles to get to where he's at and he's still pushing through. Check out that Rat Poison 2 album. Don't just listen to it on Spotify. Go to iTunes and pay the 10 bucks to download it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. And I also got to give a shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a main node and Joseph Street Enterprise production. Too real. Too real records. Yeah. <laughs>